I need to read. <laughs> I need to read as well. I need to read audio books. Audio books. I love listening. Yeah, because yeah. I love listening. Actually, as well. listen to podcasts. Listen yeah. to Girls with Goals. There's 37 episodes on Spotify now that you can all listen to. Boom! <laughs> oh my god, that just came out of nowhere. Plug, Did plug, you plug, see plug, that? Plug, plug. <laughs> I think I actually blacked out for a second. I don't know where that came wow. from. I love it. And welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome to studio my guest panellists for this week. Singer, songwriter, extraordinaire and future slash current superstar Erica Cody is here. And also another serious boss lady, CEO and founder of Gliss.com. Louise Dunn also joins us. Such an incredible panel this week. I'm feeling seriously inspired just being around you too. So before we get into the chats though, it is time for our favourite game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for our listeners and our readers of Her.ie who may not know who you are so you have to describe yourself in six words or less and I think we're going to go to Erica first. Right. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You're very welcome. How are you? Very good. <laughs> right, six words or less. Um, if my friends were to say anything I'd say it would be loud. Okay. Um, creative. Mm-hmm. Loyal. Um, very understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm, spontaneous. Spontaneous. That's for sure. I'd Loud, creative, loyal, spontaneous. Yeah. Two more. Um, caring and creative. Caring and you said creative twice. Did I? Okay. That's all right well, though. There we go. Double the creativity Double is always welcome exactly. here. I love those words. <laughs> Louise, six words or less. So I would say passion, passionate, passion, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> driven, mm-hmm. kind. Honest. I feel like this is almost like a dating program. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me more, Liz. Uh, Tell me more. And and ready. I think that um, ready. Ready. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. You're ready like for it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to rob ready as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. You, you can take out one of your creatives. And put in And put ready. in ready, yeah. I really like the way the two of you use descriptive words because sometimes you get people in and they will say a sentence or sometimes they'll do right. like a nice thing, but you yeah. were just like the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I appreciated it. So Erica, you are making serious waves within the music industry here in Ireland at the moment. We're big fans of good intentions over in the Thank office. You. We were actually playing it out <laughs> and I'm going to do a name drop for Gav because he was All right, loving it. Yeah. I think he would actually fangirl out if we went over there. So tell me, did you you always know that music was going to be your career yes and no because I was very very sporty as well when I was younger so because I came from like two very very sporty parents so it was kind of I was a bit of fish out of water I suppose when it came to music because nobody else in my family was musical okay my mom and dad like they really appreciate music so I think that's kind of where I got my love for it um, because my dad's American and my mom's Irish so I got like kind of the best of both worlds in right. terms of music because my mom would listen to just absolutely everything Yeah. and then where they met in the middle was when my dad would just play all his hip hop tapes and because my mom was like really really big into hip hop and R&B right okay especially 90s R&B so that's where the like main influence comes from and so when you were a kid then <laughs> yeah. obviously like if you were very involved in sports which is amazing yeah. we love sports here yeah. like when was the point when you were like okay maybe music might be a little bit more of a career for me 100% because I had been doing music anyway from like the age of three mm. singing dancing all that kind of stuff up until I was about 10 mm-hmm. then my mom got sick and then I gave it up and then I went back to it when I was about 15 seriously because when she was sick I started like 
I had like these poems and it was it started off as a journal and then they turned into poems right and then they eventually turned into songs then I kind of came back to them a couple of years later and then I started taking it seriously and then I realised So they of, became lyrics then Yeah basically yeah, right, okay. So then So I, I learned from Like how to write From like a very young age And that was just kind of From experience And then from Just a pure imagination um, And then I realised It was really something I wanted to do When I got Because I was playing basketball At like a really high standard In Super League Over here anyway it's That does not surprise me That doesn't surprise me at all I know So it was a, it was a constant Like juggling the two of them yeah. And I was like It's getting really hard But it got to the point Where I got injured And I like tore my ACL They were like You're going to be out oh. for a year You need surgery yeah and I was like okay I was like I think this has happened for a reason it, right. my, I felt like it was my body telling me to just like slow down yeah um, so then after I got the operation it was just a really really long process through like rehabilitation for my knee and stuff so I was like you know what I have so much time I might as well just really put everything I have now into yeah. music because if I, I, fe- I felt like if I didn't do it then it, I wouldn't be where I'm at now so I'm delighted I took that kind of it was a big it was a big leap of faith for me I suppose because I was kind of stepping out of my comfort zone I think like especially when you're making those decisions that could affect yeah. your yeah. your career path totally. it's always a big decision and I mm-hmm. also think you always kind of go back a little bit and, and maybe wonder whether you made the right decision but I mean yeah. I think it's pretty evident that music is I kind did. of I think I did good in that one I have to give myself a pat on the back for it um, yeah. because it was really tough it's because that's something I constantly grew up with it was like where I spent my summers it was what I did like it was my everything pretty much because yeah. I had such a love for basketball and for music and it yeah. was it was a constant battle like trying to juggle the two of them I'd go from like doing a stage school show to like going to training at yeah. like or a match or something on the weekends and it was just like okay Erica put your blinkers on you have to make a decision now because you're like 17 yeah, and you need to know what's going because basketball wasn't going to be my career at the end of the day and right. I knew music always kind of I was always going to go down that route anyway and it's so young to make that decision like to oh, be no. a 17 year old and to say basketball is not going to be my career forever yeah. is a really mature thing and yeah. like that's bringing up a whole other mm-hmm. thing that I have problems with in terms of like CEOs and making like <laughs> 17 and 18 year olds yeah. decide what it is mm-hmm. they that they want to do but yeah. I want to come back and talk yeah. about um, the music industry now because you have Definitely. been like in it for a good few years but yeah. Louise let's talk about Gliss.com a little bit first so Gliss's goal is to build the world's largest community for freelance beauty professionals so tell me where did the idea come from originally so you were a makeup artist isn't yeah. that right so I um, you know when I was finished school like there was I wanted to study philosophy and theology so I remember wow. uh, yeah totally where? Yeah. <laughs> where did that come from you not tell <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so it was a really big interest and so I did the leave insert and, and like what you just touched on I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah. and I was I was really I was good at makeup I loved makeup and I, I wanted to maybe be a fashion stylist and I wasn't sure even how to do that yeah. um, at that point in time in my, my life so um, obviously I have an amazing mother um, uh, Yvonne and she was just like do whatever makes you happy if you want to you know maybe take a year out and maybe do a makeup course so I, I actually moved to the UK and did right. a makeup course and then when I got back um, I started working in MAC Cosmetics in Brown Thomas and I was there for 10 years Wow. Yeah, so I had a, a good, like that was a long time to stay, uh, you know, with one company. And mm. I, I had loads of ideas and, you know, about what I wanted to do. But I... And Mac is huge. Like massive, in, yeah. In terms yeah. of the brand and in terms of like, yeah. if you were trying to make it as say, like having a really good secure job in makeup, yeah. the Mac counters and Brian Thomas would be a really, really good place to be. So yeah. it wasn't that you were unhappy with your career, but you saw a gap in the market essentially. I, I saw a gap in the market. I felt like I was, because I was there, 
there for 10 years it was just time for me to move on I mm. wanted to just you know focus on my freelance career so I left um, Mac Cosmetics and I decided you know that I wanted to just go hell for leather and mm-hmm. do more weddings and more freelance but I didn't actually know how to market myself I wasn't a marketeer and I didn't really have the skill sets or the tools to be able to promote myself Yeah. so I did a lot of research and started to talk to people who were in my personal network and then I was lecturing in makeup artistry as well so it, this problem wasn't just unique to me this was all of the beauty professionals that I had known and had yeah. worked with over the past 10 years of my career um, like being a freelance beauty professional manage everything on you know a, a paper diary um, we're not really tech savvy right. bit afraid of the tax man yeah. <laughs> and, and, and as was, lots of freelancers yeah, are of yeah. Freelance. Yeah. and yeah. it was just so it became an idea born out of my own frustration which was to, to build a platform that would be able to help freelance beauty professionals to manage and grow their business so it's a little bit like an Airbnb for hair and makeup right. and, and you yeah, know we are actually cool. expanding into other services as well like nails and eyebrows so mm-hmm. it's for anybody who's freelance in the beauty industry so you can join on to Glist and then you have like there's like the, their app that they would have it's not exactly the same as the customer right website. so there's I know the website so there's two options yes there's like yeah. are you a professional or are you a yes, user essentially right. yeah exactly so it, it went from there and then I um, so it was it was three years ago I'm oh, sorry four years ago this year and um, I was started I didn't know anything about technology so I, I knew that I, I wanted to build some kind of tech platform mm-hmm. because you know what would it be like to, to have a business that was um, an online business that was helping beauty professionals to formalise their offering. Right. Because as you know, you probably had makeup or hair done mm-hmm. in your house at some point in time. The freelance industry exists. It's just not really online. Yeah. So I just wanted to be able to and to support and empower freelance beauty professionals that it wasn't always just going to somebody's house where people are like, you know, maybe shortchanging or maybe people were treating them like a nixer. Mm-hmm. Like these people were are sole traders. This is a business. Yeah. So I wanted to be to be able to support and help those beauty professionals get to that place. So that's really so the idea was totally born out of my own frustration while yeah. I found it difficult to connect with customers. So then we um I pitched to get into um NDRC, which NDRC is it's the, the just up um in Dublin Aid in the digital hub and what they do, it's like a bit like a I suppose like a dragon's den, like you would have to pitch in right. to a okay. panel. And they will decide, you know, if, if they think that your startup is a high potential startup, then you get into that program, they invest in your business and then you stay there for six months and you actually, um, they work with you on your business as well. So lots of really, um, lots of great companies have come out of NDRC. So I pitched twice before to get in and I never got it. Wow. And two years ago, they were doing one just uh, for female entrepreneurs and they were combining with Enterprise Ireland. So um, so we got, I, we got in on that program and then we went on to be winners on the there's a demo day at the end so we actually won that as well amazing so it was amazing, amazing. to come like yeah. full because to think like oh, you know I wasn't even getting in and then to actually go on and, and be to winners. be kind of like yeah. not getting in twice yeah. like I mean yeah. that's kind of yeah. not I suppose in. it would make you think like is this actually something that is needed yeah. I mean mm-hmm. in terms of the reaction then presumably you know you're three four years down the line now presumably yeah. the reaction has been positive are you finding any like competitive or are you finding this like popping up a lot more in terms of the industry? Like, is it changing the way that your industry works? Yes. Um, and I think competitors for me are, are, are validators. You know, that proves that the market is there. There you go. You know, there, and there's room for everybody 
in terms of like from business perspective like Ireland is, is very small you know this, this yeah. is something so I was going to ask yeah, like I mean yeah. what, what about expansion as well so that's the plan though this year that I'll be opening a funding round to actually to expand it to London so mm. we're already in Manchester so we want to be able to look at London and then we want to look at the States and that's always been the goal with Glist but there's there's plenty of different types mm. of companies like this out there in the world some of them are very consumer focused they're all about you know making sure that the customer at home or in the office it's all you know it's more like an Uber. It's yeah. called a beauty on right, demand. Okay. Where okay. my one would trying to is trying to help the beauty professionals actually, you know, put themselves out there more so that yeah. they can connect with the customers. So we come at it from slightly different angles, but they're like that's the thing. I mean, there's you know, marketplace businesses are are tough types of businesses to mm. to uh, you know to actually start. Definitely. Um, and especially because I didn't come from a tech background at all, so I went to like the tech scene in Ireland. Like it was, it was, wasn't my world at all. But there's but aside from anything, like you had this great yeah. idea, yeah. but then you actually had to turn it into <laughs> a business. A, well, also a thing, you know. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you had to like go online and be like, okay, yeah. I want this to be a real yeah. thing. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start. Like and, I literally wouldn't. And that's the thing. I, I think from idea to business is actually kind of a hard bridge to to walk over. Yeah. Um. You know, because ev- everybody has great ideas, and I think that what can happen a lot of the time is that your friends and your family and everybody around you will be like, this is amazing. Yeah. And until you, you don't, just because everyone you know thinks it's amazing, it doesn't mean that it is. It's like, you know, you need to actually Valid, yeah. get yeah. like, you know, and don't sink like loads of money into like building like this tech platform that maybe no one is really going to use. Yeah. You're better mm-hmm. off, you know, trying to get something like, you know, a landing page, something that's really you know, it's it, that it's not too expensive up to try and get signups to see if this is something that people will use going forward. And then you can look at, OK, do I need investment? I've actually got a few customers here. Like I used to be embarrassed at the time, right, when I started to meet investors, I was like, I can't tell them that I started this business with a WhatsApp group and actually but that's like I mean it's that, showing the truth of what where you yeah, began right, you know yeah, totally. and that actually was the thing that they thought was interesting because yeah. they were like you proved that you could that this was a market yeah. that was in need of automation that you were doing it on a WhatsApp group and you didn't spend any money well it's totally. like so, the way we, we've yeah. had people on before like yeah. we've had um, we've had Elva Carey who started Girl Crew I know which, which started on Tinder yes. so you know like yes. that was her like one yeah. night sitting at home wanting to go out and having no girls to go out with so she she changed her profile on Tinder and then yeah. it's born into this incredible Facebook group and company that's getting Amazing. like millions of yeah. investors that's now brilliant. so I mean that's it like proving that something mm. needed a different platform yes. I think is a really great way to go but it's interesting what you yeah. said there about you know you having a, a great idea and believing yes. in your idea but kind of seeing whether or not other people do as well and I, I want to ask you about this Erica because yeah. like when we were talking there about like your career and kind of making the decision to move into music then I suppose you have to go out and sing for people and so yeah. like how when did that happen for you and when was the moment that you were like okay people are into it oh god I suppose I've been doing it kind of pretty seriously now for the past like two years yeah and that's just being on like the gig circuit and stuff around Dublin yeah um, and it started off with like me like literally just taking any gig I could get like yeah anything like I just and was this with your own music first right. yeah it was yeah. with all my originals because I've been writing for so long and I just had all these songs and I was like I'm ready to sing them I, I want them to be out there and I want to yeah. get used to gigging and stuff if this is what I'm going to be doing um, so I like starting off I had I did like a few like two piece things with like a guitarist and stuff and we do like acoustic gigs and then I was like do you know what I love live bands I want to like see because I was in college as well I was in BIM so 
I was just constantly surrounded by musicians and people right. who were creative. So I was like, oh my God, come on, lads, let's just like like play my songs <laughs> that like sounds like fame band. and I'm obsessed with it yes, <laughs> that literally sounds like fame just people with like huge things in the corridor yeah people get it so mixed up yeah. they're like uh, oh my god it's BIM like Footloose or is it like um, fame <laughs> like are you all just like in the corridor like dancing and singing singing, like, in, no. the, singing in the candy <laughs> now we're trying to get to class probably <laughs> literally um, yeah so I started off like doing a f- I think my first gig was for BIM so we had like an end of term gig and you get to sing like a cover an original or whatever and yeah. I did like a Lauren Hill song with like a seven piece band and I was like oh because I just love live music mm. and it was so it was it like I'm playing one of your favourite songs as well I was like okay this is like I want to like start playing my own music with a live band so like over the past like year from like 2016 to th- 2017 I'd say ending like last summer um, we did the full like gig circuit around Dublin any gigs but like I mean we I'd have like a seven piece band like two backing singers yeah and it, like it was amazing and like it, you learn so much from playing with different people yeah and you get you get so much experience and it was like when I was playing with them it was like because I wanted everyone's time to be worthwhile as well so mm. like we'd be getting gigs for like and the fee would be like 200 quid so you're trying to like split like 200 quid between seven people and it's like yeah. literally just like a meal allowance or a bus allowance but yeah no it's and to look at that to like kind of where I'm at now I'm kind of like it's really it's really it's humbling. progressing yeah, yeah 100% totally. I mean so what is the industry like at the moment for a musician because like your music you're you're, like it's kind of R&B yeah totally so I mean is it popular in Ireland at the moment yeah because I think in general hip hop and rap are like the new pop essentially yeah. especially with like the likes of Migos and Drake and Cardi B yeah it's stuff that's constantly played I'm obsessed it's, with Cardi B I know I'm obsessed yeah. I've literally been following her since like loving <laughs> hip hop oh really I swear to okay. God big Cardi fan because um, you wouldn't necessarily equate the Irish music scene exactly. with R&B or, yeah. or hip hop so much now but mm-hmm. like it was a very indie base oh we're industry. so indie I know and I mean really Paul knows nice. like yeah. he's so indie as well. <laughs> <laughs> he actually presents a, an indie kind of radio show as well but I mean this is the thing like we I think we were very much around we're a gig culture type of country we love going to a gig and and we love live music and it doesn't actually matter if you know the band or are really into that band Mm -hmm. like an example one of my um, best friends went to Liam Gallagher there a couple of uh, Mm -hmm. last week in Malahide Castle and she put it up on the WhatsApp group and I literally burst out laughing because this girl (laughs) has like she has Celine Dion on repeat on her but I mean it didn't matter she had the best night of her life like and she knew all the songs so I think we're very much motivated by the gig culture totally but do you think the actual music is changing do you think we're getting a little bit more open to bringing back because the 90s were all about R&B that's what I'm Mean. I mean, I and was obsessed like, with Destiny's Child. I know, and like for me, it's like because that's something like that's like that's what I grew up on. Yeah. That's the music yeah. that inspires me, and it's like I feel like I have to pay homage of some sort. Yeah. I want to talk more about like what kind of music and stuff you have yeah. coming up. I don't want to give it all away yet, <laughs> but let's slightly get back to beauty for a second, lads. Mm-hmm. It is hot. It's Are you warm? I'm warm. Well, not Roasting. right now, but like outside, it's hot. Oh yeah. So, summer festivals kicking off this weekend. Everyone's heading to Body and Soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, lots of fun things happening. But I do want to get, because Louise, obviously, aside from being an entrepreneur and a business guru, you mm-hmm. were, first and foremost, a makeup artist. Yeah. So, tell me what I can do when my entire face is melting <laughs> off because of the heat. Because we're going to get a heat wave. This is going yes. out on Monday. So, next week, it's going to be hot. There's going to be a heat wave. Everyone's going to be sweaty and sticky and disgusting. So, tell me how I can keep my face off so. the 
how to look hot and stay cool. Yeah, how to look hot and stay cool. That'd be fantastic. Because literally, there's no point in me putting on makeup sometimes, I feel, because it literally just slides off my face. I know. So I was actually talking day. to um, a customer this morning before I came here in my Glist salon, you know, so we have a Glist yeah. salon in Primark. And well, Pennies, as yes. we know it here in Mary Street. So I thought um, now that was a pop up originally, but it's yeah, like it's, it's been there. It's there. We're still there. There to stay for the foreseeable. Yeah, for the foreseeable, nice. we are there. So we do hair and makeup mm. um, down in the. It's, it's PS by Gliss, so the partnership is with Pennies, and PS is their makeup range. Yes, and then it's by Gliss, which so I love, by the way. It is. I'm yeah. really into their makeup at the so moment. So on that, that's actually what I was chatting to a woman this morning um, in there, and she was asking me the very same thing. So because she was saying, like, what, what will I, you know, what will I get on on a budget? Yeah. So um, they actually have this really great primer by the in the PS range. It's a vitamin primer. Okay. That under your makeup. So I use that on loads of customers and under your makeup, if you put that on, that's one thing that you can do that will help because um, primer almost creates like a layer um, between your skin and your foundation. So it stops like if you're if your skin is going to be sweating a little I'm bit more. I'm terrible at putting on primer. Oh my God, same. And I put on this morning <laughs> and I'm oh like, God. oh my God, did I do it wrong? I'm so <laughs> bad. At, and I know that it actually works yeah, and no, it works great. with your shadow as mm-hmm. well. Like you, eye primer. I don't do that either. And it's, I should. And that one's really affordable. So I definitely go with primer. The other thing that you can do is you know like your your face cream whatever moisturizer you're using yeah. stick that in the fridge what why because well it will just keep your skin so you know when you're going like when you're waking up and everything and your skin is just it's more like plump and it's like like fresher sometimes you want to be able to actually just cool, cool it, down it down a little yeah. bit so so you're not you know you're not getting the the like the the nice two rosy cheeks going yeah, on yeah and the other thing it. i probably do as well too that is such a good tip just put your moisturizer oh, yeah. in the fridge beauty hacks. yeah beauty hacks and then what you can do is you know maybe go a little bit more towards the kind of bronzer contour vibe on the cheeks okay. as opposed yeah. and maybe avoid Love the bronzer. ready pinkies while it's going to be really warm and then I have because no- then you'll just look like yeah. you're tanned yeah. exactly you look like you're there tanned you which is what we want yeah. um, in Ireland absolutely um, and then one of my other favourite products from, from MAC and I, I use this all the time Fix Plus Spray you might have you might have seen that oh. you can even I've heard about it I've heard a lot of Bad. YouTube beauty bloggers talking about it so this is a setting spray afterwards is it? you can use it at any point in your makeup oh, okay. so it's actually right. yeah so it's it's called fix plus so you put it on your skin so you can use it as just something to hydrate your face yeah. or you can actually use it afterwards as well but it's, it's just a great one for the handbag I don't do this right but um, you know baby powder yeah mm-hmm. so I've heard that if you put baby powder down there it keeps everything kind of fresh Really? Yeah. Another hack. That's another. Well, I'm not saying that you should all go home and, and do this, but I was talking about it with the her girls. So apparently, right. if you chafe if you're chafing, that, if you're chafing <gasps> yeah. baby powder just Makes down sense. there in between the thighs, we wrote a piece about it on her.ie, yep. and apparently it's very good. And also right. for razor burn and stuff like that, because oh. we're all shaving like maniacs because we're getting right. our legs out. Yes. There you See? go. See, I'm more of a waxer now, but. I can't wax. I, oh my God, I literally just cry. When you uh, say baby powder, it literally triggers me to that episode of Friends where like <laughs> where Ross is where Ross is in the leather pants he's like it's turning into a face <laughs> that is my favourite episode favourite episode ever just in it's terms so of good. beauty Erica there's there's another thing that you have and I noticed it on your Instagram and it's in your bio and it says right. it says no you can't touch my hair so yeah. this is, we were talking about our hair earlier so I haven't washed my hair in about six days oh no <laughs> <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to say that I haven't washed my hair in like three days the appropriate <laughs> we're human we yeah, are human the appropriate amount of time so what I do now is I just find it so infuriating 
infuriating to wash your hair every single day. I just can't be dealing with yeah. it. My hair is really long at the moment and I can't be arsed with it. So I just put in dry shampoo and mousse and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it gets better as the day goes on. Yeah. I've read that it's not good to wash your hair every day. It's but not. tell me this about your hair. Do people come up and touch your hair? You have no idea what I go through on a daily basis with my hair. <laughs> Are you like serious? now listen, if you just want to touch my hair that's fine because like I'm getting fantastic. to know you it's like we're yeah. chatting away. Yeah. Yeah. Like but it's like when I have people like go past me on their bike and they're like <laughs> No like, you're oh, just like, that's not on funny. Their bike. I swear I've had like Stop. literally people run up to me, like touch my hair and run away <laughs> and then like people come up to me and work. I'll be like doing my little bits or whatever and then like, one woman actually in particular came in and she goes, Oh you're gorgeous and I was like, oh, thanks. That's a lovely thing to say to someone. <laughs> so nice. And she's like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Dublin. And then she goes, oh, yeah, you know, I know that, but like, where are you really from? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I'm from, Bal- well, wherever I'm from, on yeah. the north side of Dublin. Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, but like, I was like, do you actually want me to give you my address? Like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. this yeah. isn't a history lesson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I read an article that you had, um, you gave, gave an interview there like a couple of yeah. years ago about it. And you said earlier, your dad is oh from gosh. America, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so growing up in Ireland, you yeah. said that you were the only mixed race girl yeah. in primary school. Literally. And presumably there was lots of questions and people touching your hair and yeah. stuff like this. But it doesn't still happen. And though. it was fine back then because honestly, kids are just curious. Yeah. And when you're growing up, like literally, I was the only mixed Mixed race kids probably in my area at the time as well. Right, yeah. Um. Now it's on the come up. Like we've got, we've got, we've got <laughs> it's on the few, come up. Yeah. We've got a, a few, few new mixed race <laughs> babies there. Um. Yeah. I'm just joking, but <laughs> yeah. No. It, like I for so I think it's because for so long I allowed people to do it, and I was like, oh, like yeah, you can touch my hair. And then it was only when I realised when I got into my teens, I was like why do you think it's okay to just like come up and like yeah. pet me like, it's like I don't like space invaders yeah like, and it's stuff. like I'm I'm yeah. like I'm kind of in my own yeah. bubble anyway and yeah. it's like if I have someone like and I, I don't like conflict like I'm not into like any of that stuff and I feel like when someone's like coming into like my personal space and just like touch my head I don't I know what it is a, well yeah I mean because when you said it there it's just yeah. someone coming up and touching your head exactly. like that's an alien thing yeah, but, but I also think because it's about something to do with the way that you look because like I'm really short 100%. so I'm I'm five foot right so yeah. people especially in like if I'm out in a pub or something like that genuinely feel like they have the right to pick me up and they have done that before like it's not like okay. they've come up behind me and they have put their arms underneath and picked me up and moved me somewhere else and I'm just like okay Paul's missing himself laughing because he's just thinking (laughs) he's thinking about the visualisation of it now of course like they're going to get a quick backhand from me and just be like like, don't do that and of course there's a lot of drink on usually and they're not trying anything but I've gotten pats I've gotten pats on the head as well like I've gotten little like oh you'd be a great shelf yeah rest in the Guinness on my gas crack but I mean again it's at the point when when is that okay and when is it just like, exactly. Ask a question I mean. if you want to ask a question. Exactly. No, I can't reach the top yeah. shelf, but I'm learning to deal with it. Exactly. But like, don't be just coming up. Like, and, I don't like yeah. when people beat around the bush. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you want to know something, just ask me. I'm an open book. Just, just yeah. tell me. But like, I can't help the fact I'm already five foot ten. I have a blonde afro. I've brown skin. Yeah. Like, I do. I do necessarily stand out a little bit from the when I walk down the street. Like yeah. I would get kind of a lot of stares, but it's kind of gotten to the point I don't. It just kind of goes to the back yeah. of my head. I don't yeah. notice it as much. Like, my friends would notice it if they're with me or whatever, but right. I don't necessarily. But when it comes to my hair, it's a bit deeper than that because I felt like my hair was something... My hair and my 
ethnicity and everything it was something I had to learn to love because really? in school obviously being the only mixed race kid you're like I don't fit in here like I don't look like everybody else like yeah. why, do, why do I being different when you're young is exactly. so hard and that it's can so be anything hard. and yeah. I had to learn how to love my hair my mum would be I used to be like to my mum I want straight hair I want oh. white skin I'm not about it. I used to get really heavily bullied over it like I'd get really, called like Erica. monkey everything like really really bad That's like so ridiculous bad. Yeah. I know so I think that kind of taught, like gave me a bit of a thick skin and then when I was like in my teens I was like do you know what screw this like I'm not it's not something that I'm just going to have people have for their own entertainment I feel like it's, it's my hair it's such a funny thing as well because like now in society being different is what is yeah. what people are striving towards yes, so like exactly. having your own sense of style mm. or having your own um, kind of interest in different things whatever makes you quirky and makes you individual yeah. is what people really want and I'd say totally. like in the music industry and especially totally. in the beauty industry as yeah. well like you're always wanting to do something maybe with your look that's a little bit different yeah. and be well. creative yeah. but when you're a kid for some reason maybe it's a generational thing mm. hopefully it's moving on more and people it are is. being becoming more accepting of different things yeah. but I do remember being a kid and, and you just want to fit in you want to just yeah. have yeah. the pretty hair that everybody yeah. else or that the most popular girl in yeah, school totally. has but I mean I'm obsessed with your hair so yeah it's amazing <sighs> thanks guys I may have I to I may have to touch it but I made you touch my hair earlier as well okay we are going to take a quick break now earlier in the week I sat down with Sinead Kane who was born visually impaired but that hasn't held her back the woman is an absolute boss and here's how we got on I'm joined in studio now by solicitor Sinead Kane. Sinead, you have two PhDs. You've run marathons on all seven continents. You hold two Guinness World Records as well. So huge achievements, which we're going to get into. But let's go back a little bit first and talk about your childhood. So you're from Cork, isn't that right? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm from an East uh, Cork town called Yall. Okay. So I'm very proud to be from Yall. It's a... Uh, nice seaside town and the community is great down there so they gave me a huge welcome back after I came back from the World Marathon Challenge so thanks very much to everybody down there. We're going to talk about the challenge a little bit more so you were born visually impaired so you've spoken about facing a lot of bullying and discrimination while you were growing up so how so? Yeah so I was born with a vision impairment of 5% vision four eye conditions aniridia, coloboma, nystagmus and glaucoma so the nystagmus is shaking of the eyes aniridia is you let in too much light coloboma is a part missing of the eye and glaucoma is too much pressure in the eye um, I think a lot of people out there have a misconception when they hear the word blindness, they automatically think darkness. Um, I suffer a lot from the problem of too much light and too much glare. A lot of people take it for granted that, oh, that only affects somebody who's born with it. But it's not just somebody who's born with it. You can get um, blindness through accident. You mm-hmm. can get it through diabetes. And some people say that it's very difficult later on in life if you do go blind because of having your sight all throughout your life. Let's talk about um, your academia for a second. So you're incredibly successful. So it's leaving Sir Time at the moment. So lots of kids are facing into a tough time where they can feel a lot of pressure. So what advice would you have for them? Someone who obviously has been through a huge amount in terms of studying and academia. You have two PhDs, isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I suppose when I was doing my Leaving Cert, uh, 
in my head when I was filling out my CEO, I never had any ambitions to be a PhD doctorate. Mm. Um, and my advice to students would be if you have a goal in mind and you want to reach it, then just follow it now you might not always get what you want first time round you might not get your course first time round but if that is a deep passion within you and you fully believe that you want it then work hard to get it be disciplined be committed now obviously there might be some jobs out there that you may not be able for but I suppose if you keep on trying and it's only true keep on trying and if that passion is deep down within you so like I suppose when I was 17 my careers advisor teacher told me not to study law it was a reading based subject I wouldn't be able for it and the problem is that woman fully believed that and I suppose that's the sad thing all about that but I went on and I went into UCC and I proved her wrong and but in second year it wasn't all rosy in second year I had pains in my wrist pains in my lower back pains in my eyes from bending over reading these law books so it wasn't just pains in my eyes decided okay can't handle all this pain decided to give up told my parents they said that I'd bring you to London for a shopping trip um, and then you can make a decision if you're going to give up I thought to myself okay I should have said I was giving up sooner went to London didn't end up going on a shopping trip went and met a judge who's totally blind and I talked to him about everything else other than law so what I would say to people out there students is think in your life who is a role model to you and think about why is that person a role model what is the values in your family life in your professional life in your school life what is the values and then try and articulate those values to the kind of job area that you want to go down Um, so that'd be another piece of advice that I'd give and then I came back full of confidence because I saw that that person the judge was able to complete it and I came back full of confidence and then I went on and become Ireland's first visioning parent solicitor in 2009 but like everybody sees whether you get this degree or not mm. but they don't see all the thousands of hard work and discipline that had to go into it and because of me because of my eyesight it was extra difficult because and I was isolated to a certain extent because um I had to spread out my reading so rather than like all my other classmates rather than just do all my reading in the morning time go to my lectures in the afternoon and then all out socializing every yeah. night I had to maybe do some reading in the morning and then other reading at night. So I didn't get to go out as much as other college students. But uh, I suppose that was my choice because I wanted to achieve the degree at the end of it. Now, I could have said, well, look, I will go out at night and screw this. But um, (laughs) I, yeah, I didn't. So So it was 2009 then that you became the first... Visually impaired solicitor. Incredible achievement. Unbelievable. But when did um, running become a part of your life? Because you said as well before that growing up you were never really encouraged to participate in sport and that sometimes kind of left you sitting on the sidelines. So, I mean, you took up running when you were 30, right? And then, I mean, marathons were not something that you were thinking about at that point. Point, obviously Never. it's something that not a lot of people think about to be fair it's literally my worst nightmare <laughs> um but so when did that become something that you started to try yeah so I've always been involved in voluntary work in some capacity all throughout my life because that I always feel in the gift about giving back mm-hmm. so in 2012 I was asked to do a 10k for child vision and national education center for blind and visually impaired children I automatically said yes I didn't have a clue what a 10k was and it was only after saying 
saying yes I think I said yes with too much excitement and then kind of said in the back of my head okay what actually have I been asked to do so then I got I found a guide runner because Mm -hmm. I said okay well I can't do this without a guide runner and went out and after two miles I thought then I was at 10k I thought I was finished then and then this person said no Sinead you have another 4.2 miles to go so uh, that eight weeks was very long training but I achieved my goal I wanted to do it under an hour I did it in 55 minutes and I got 2,000 euros for the charity now that built my confidence because all throughout my life I was always left on the P bench I was never picked by any Mm. people to be on their teams very badly bullied in school Um, and so I suppose when you set a goal for yourself and I suppose I do a lot of motivational speaking and like I talk about big goals and small goals but it's the small goals that you do every day that kind of builds your psychological bank of success you have to have those small goals and that was a goal that built onto a bigger goal for me and so after that then in the 2012 in 2013 I tried to do running couldn't find a guide runner so I was out of running for a year then found a guide runner and then did my first half marathon in June 2014 and did my first full marathon in in October 2014. Wow so you did your first marathon then what possessed you to do the seven continents and seven day challenge. Well, at the end of October 2014, when I did the Dublin Marathon, at the end of that marathon, I felt, I I didn't even feel, now you might think I'm being very arrogant saying this, but I didn't feel that I'd run a marathon and I was actually very disappointed. I was like giving out. I was like, like, is that is it? This, is that it? Like I had this built. So I did four hours and one minute. Now I wanted to do four hours. But um, yeah, so anyway, it got the four hours, one minute. And then this guy, John O'Regan, who's my run coach, um, he said to me, oh, look, what would you think about doing an ultramarathon? And I didn't even, this at the end of the finish line. I didn't have a clue what an ultramarathon was. It's any distance beyond um, 26.2 miles. And then I said, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So then we decided to do a 50k in February. Um, in, so about three months later. So that was my first ultra marathon. And then after that, then my confidence just grew. I did a 12 hour race, came second female, broke the track record. Um, then did the Volcano Marathon race in November 2015. And after that race in the Atacama Desert by Richard Donovan, a Galway man, I was extremely mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah. But I'm the type of person who likes to push my goals. So I said at the end of the Atacama Desert Volcano Marathon race, I said to John, I said, what race can I do now that will be more challenging than this? And he said, the World Marathon Challenge. And then I said, well, what's that? And he said, oh, seven marathons, seven continents in seven days. And I got all very excited. But then John myself thinks differently. So he thinks the bigger picture, whereas I think the small minute things. So while John was thinking about, oh, how do we get the sponsorship for this? I was kind of thinking to myself, right, well, if there's going to be 33 other race competitors on this trip and there's only one plane 
where we all how we all going to be using the bathroom okay <laughs> and like where are we all going to be changing into right. our pajamas so different different yeah. mindsets yeah, yeah so I suppose different priorities as in getting in pajamas and brushing teeth and John was like Sinead when you're on this plane and going through seven Martins and different continents pajamas and brushing your teeth are going to be the, the last thing, thing that you're worried about yeah yeah so. um so obviously you said there that you know you like to set challenges for yourself mm-hmm. and you like to set goals for yourself and clearly you've achieved great success so far in your life so what's next do you have a plan I mean yeah I mean it, it can't really be anything else to do with running like because you kind of nail that one haven't you um well I, there is two other goals that I'd like to do regarding okay. running abroad but it incurs a lot of sponsorship if anybody's out there who wants to sponsor me nice Uh, but yeah so it really does come down to sponsorship and having the right team around you like um, obviously I can have goals in my head but you need the right team around you and you need them to have the same vision and mission as you so that would be abroad two particular goals abroad and if I got them completed for me then that like I, I would stop running then because I feel that well stop running as in setting myself these challenges competitive be, challenges yeah, yeah because I feel that I've achieved it all now in terms of Ireland um, I attempted like I did the furthest distance for any female on a treadmill yeah. in 12 hours in February of this year so uh, the record was held by an Australian girl and that was 128.262 kilometres and I did 130.50 Right. so that was 12 hours on the treadmill so now I would like to attempt the 24 hours on a treadmill Jesus Sinead you'd be knackered no? Yeah, well, I attempted it at the beginning of May, and of course, I picked the worst day ever. Um, it was really it, it warm, was a bank holiday, really warm May, and like eight hours in, I I was ahead of target. Right. But then the grim, it was really really warm, and the gremlin said into my mind, "You've another sixteen hours of this." And once that switch came yeah. from, "You've another sixteen hours of this." then the mindset just kind of went because even it was so warm my lips were sticking together so I knew that uh, just that the heat was really killing it but um, I would like to attempt that again uh, but I just have to get the right timing right brilliant Sinead Kane thank you so much for coming in and listen thanks for having me best of luck on the treadmill yeah thanks So we're back, lads. It is very difficult not to talk about Love Island. So it's been our tweet of the week for the last two weeks. It's not this week because something bigger has happened. But in the last week, especially something explosive happened and it was to do with the breakdown of the relationship between Rosie and Adam. We ran a piece on site recently about the whole situation, which got a lot of traction with our listeners and our readers. But firstly, are you guys watching Love Island? Louise, are you watching it? I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, I feel, I'm, am I the only person? A breath of fresh air. Is it? Because I, 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 I feel like I'm the. It's okay. <laughs> I'm the. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who's not watching this. There's five people I, in this room. Okay. Can you put your hands up if you are watching Love Island? Oh, okay. 
Okay. Oh my god. Like, can I just say? Can I just say lies, <laughs> Paul Donegan? I have seen you on Instagram watching Love Island. Now it might be your <gasps> missus, but the, but he <laughs> Love Island is in the background of his life. Right. On on the daily. So you are watching it. Yeah. So you are watching it. Fiona, we're going to have in. yeah. Fiona, we're going to have words later about you. <laughs> okay. So it looks like we're outnumbered, Erica. Oh but tell god. me, is this is this a choice that you've made to not watch Love Island? I'm asking everybody that comes on the podcast. No, it's, it's no, I, and, and I realize. Yeah. I remember. Um, no, I and I know about it. It's like it's I, but I, I don't. I, I don't. I have a TV in my house, but it's only. I don't have a TV. If that makes sense, I okay. only use like use it for like Netflix yeah. or Chromecast. Gotcha. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the truth is, I'm I'm really really busy. I don't even know when it's on. Yeah. Now to be fair, it's on at nine I, o'clock every night. Okay. On every night, <laughs> okay. except for I, Saturdays. Yeah. I could <laughs> like you know go back and, and watch it on player, but I I just haven't caught up with it. But obviously, I don't live under a rock, and I am on. Facebook I am on social media mm. and I have seen yeah. that there has been a number of issues going on with this guy in the house so I have and I've seen a lot of like you know little snippets of videos and things yeah. like this we yeah. don't know nothing but I, I am not uh, the dedicated fan but I, I quite <laughs> like somebody um, and I think it's great that Erica you're a fan and right. Louise you haven't technically been watching yes. every single night um, it is on at 9 o'clock every okay. night at 3 except okay. for Saturdays because to be honest <laughs> with you we need a break okay okay well, it's too I much I could do it is too I feel like my life is kind of it is at the moment too it's emotional like, oh my god need to get, I'm, why am I working tonight I need to be home so Erica Adam what do we think from the start I knew he was just he wasn't my cup of tea do you think he's a god no yeah I don't definitely I, not so this man is is mm-hmm. uh, he's probably 6'5 like 6'5 22 chiseled abs like I know yeah, yeah like and, and even the girls on the desk of her daughter none of us like him but even the girls on the desk are like but Eve, you have to fancy him like yeah you, like you absolutely have to yeah. want to climb him like a tree and I'm like Literally. no way yeah. I don't I actually mm-hmm. think the way that he acts and the way that he holds himself turns like me looks off. only take you so far if you're an yeah. arsehole and you're you the way he treats women I'm like I'm sorry I'm not about it so we the piece that we ran basically was concerned mm-hmm. with Adam's behaviour and a domestic abuse charity in the UK used the way that he treated another girl in the villa Rosie to highlight gaslighting mm-hmm. and emotional abuse so the term <laughs> gaslighting it's, it's basically defined as manipulating someone by psychological means into doubting their own sanity and we saw this firsthand. so mm-hmm. a new girl came in Adam and Rosie were coupled up a new girl came in uh, turned his head basically and he yeah. kind of went for her. He started to pull away from Rosie. Um, okay. He had been coupled up with her for a few days. And, you know, she started to feel a little bit yeah. insecure. But before that, he was with Kendall. Yeah. And so. the minute Rosie came in, he had, like, he was coupled up with Kendall. Yeah. The minute Rosie came in, his eyes turned. He was like, oh, I'm into Rosie. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> I know. He was just head. like, that's my okay. type. That's yeah. my type. So the new yeah. girls yeah. who are So three times type. now, basically. Yeah. Okay. So this is the fourth girl that he's basically turned to now. He's saying that he's changed man. Okay. In the five days since he's been in there. So he's saying that this girl is going to be the girl who's going to change it. But basically the confrontation and and where this article kind of stemmed from was because when Rosie sat down and basically she was like to him, you are never going to find happiness if you're always looking for something more. So you're Mm -hmm. never going to find um, anything that's real if you're constantly looking for the the kind of greener grass in the situation. He's constantly looking for more. He's constantly looking for the next best thing. Yeah. basically yeah. that comes into the villa because obviously Zara is absolutely gorgeous she's like, beautiful the, the mm-hmm. girls in there are absolutely, every single one of them are beautiful yeah. Yeah. but it's like the minutes I can understand actually how it can be so upsetting it's like why I thought you 
you told me all these things why all of a sudden am I not good enough for you she felt so used and the other thing that I think is really difficult about and I think why so many women really the moment resonated with so many women because mm-hmm. the gaslighting when he basically said debatable to everything that she yeah. said and he was smirking at her being like so he's like you know patronising her Patron- yeah. making, making her feel small making yeah. her yeah. doubt yeah. that these things actually happened yeah. and I think every woman can relate to that mm-hmm. and men as well like it's not just something that happens That's to like one the, gender yeah. well, you're crazy well this is yeah. it he yeah. was, he was yeah. looking at her yeah. his body language was just it was so so off it was so affronting as in like it was two days prior that they mm-hmm. were in bed together yeah. snuggling and wow. he was saying that like and then she was made to basically act now she held her own like yeah. she yeah. but like she's sitting there crying in front of him she got really really emotional and before that like throughout that episode I was like oh like why is she like prancing around like that and it that's the power of editing though yeah. that's yeah. what I understand but then when I actually saw her sit mm-hmm. down with him and I was like oh my god you've actually really really hurt this girl like she yeah. was hurt and he, and to have a man sit in front of you or any person that you had yeah. kind of invested in yeah. or had been trusting of yeah. and totally. then for him to be sitting in front of you just being looking at you like they're you're like, what? out of your mind yeah. Yeah. like that's the way he did it and I suppose the question is and, and Eric I'll ask you this do you think that he's going to do it again 100% yeah. oh my god no matter how gorgeous every girl that goes in yeah. there he he doesn't have eyes for one girl and you can like you can that's just how he is. If it's gone if it's gonna be three girls now and the fourth, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a pattern that's gonna keep continuing inside and outside of the villa. I mean, totally. Louise, Louise, like I know that you were saying that you mm-hmm. don't watch it religiously and stuff and like sometimes I'm busy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always make the time <laughs> to watch Love Eye. But I know you're really busy, you've got a, a company to run. Do you think that these shows are actually benefiting anybody? Well, I, I I think I think because of of that scenario that you've described about the gaslighting and the way he's like that's that's put a spotlight mm. on a lot of people have been in that scenario yeah and it's you know I think anything that can can put us as can highlight somebody like that yeah. and highlight you know that that guy sounds like you know obviously like they you know all the people who go into Love Island they're all gorgeous and they all have an agenda they want to win they you know but I, I don't think there's there's anything wrong with with it actually highlighting something that is problematic and totally. actually I mean we're sitting here talking about yeah, gaslighting like, so. I never heard of gaslighting up until that really? scenario yeah but I bet like I mean you probably know within like any, like even through like your friends or mm-hmm. anyone like this mm-hmm. like I know people like that yeah, you know, yeah. and I know yeah. people who've made other people feel like that. It's probably mm-hmm. been done to me, you yeah. know, at some totally. point in time in my love life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where th- someone makes you feel like that, and you know, it might be a thing where you might just talk to your friends, and you'd forget about it, or you hear like your other friends have gone through stuff like that as well. Yeah. So I think that yeah. there's, there's, you know, there's no harm. It's, and obviously, it's highlighting. obviously, it's a high intensity yeah. situation, mm-hmm. so it's compounding yes. to- yeah. these issues. And like, yeah. sure. it's really interesting that you said you didn't hear about the term gaslighting, yeah. but I'm sure, Erica, I, yeah. you were like, oh well. That, that makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, I oh, know it made so much sense yeah. when I had like looked at the article and I had actually read about the term and I was like, oh my God, that's literally what he's done to her. He's yeah. Yeah. emotionally abused her technically. I know, absolutely. And that's what we were saying. Um, Louise, what about, because obviously you've seen these, what about the beauty? <laughs> as in like these women <laughs> are, and the oh. men as well, the beauty standard yes. for what these people yeah. are. Yeah. Now, there was uproar when it started yeah. because uproar. there wasn't a single different body type 
hype that went in there. Like these girls have zero body percent. I can see like the sun rising and setting between their thigh gap. Like there's just, (laughs) there is literally, they are like this. I mean, do you think that this is a fair representation or do you think that there should be a little bit more versatility when it comes to beauty in general? Uh, Of course. And I think we know why, why is there no one on that show that's like not a size like not a really, you know what I mean like, why, why is there why is there no one who's like you know a comfortable size 12 yeah like exactly. a, you know as a woman who like which you know like who's curvy or mm-hmm. yeah. like why why are they only going for like this very like cookie cutter type model yeah, yeah. that's going on but it either as, it? A, as a professional yeah. in the beauty industry yeah. I mean like I suppose it's, it's always about mm-hmm. the standards for which we define what beauty mm-hmm. is and I think that at the moment in 2018 beauty has become something uh, that's either this look or yeah. the natural look. Yeah. So it's either like these women are, are 20, 21, 22, like your age, mm-hmm. Erica, and they all look, I think, substantially older. And yes. I think yeah. that that's because of the amount of work that they've yes. had done to yes. their faces. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. I think maybe Danny is probably the only one who ha- kind of looks like a young 20 yeah. year old girl. Yeah. You know, like they look like kind of like the real housewives. I think that like terrifying. I know and I think that when you know and there's nothing wrong like there's nothing wrong if you yeah. like that look I'm yeah, not saying that you shouldn't do it. it. Yeah. yeah, Go for the Botox go for the mm-hmm. lip injections like we, we were like you should celebrate that but mm-hmm. the standard of what we define as beauty I think is moving further and further away from a youthful natural look. Totally. Yeah and I, I think that um, I'm the same like you know go for it if you want to do mm-hmm. fillers you want to do Botox but I think that it's really important that it fits your face and what I mean by that if you have really really small lips don't get like really really big lips you know get, get a little bit you know, like just if, if that's what you feel like you want, I think it is really aging. Now I'm I, I love I am one of the lovers of the Kardashians. Okay, like yeah. I I do love it. So you know, a lot of people have this love hate relationship, but look, I'm I actually I love their range. I love their line. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. their beauty. And they I, know their beauty. Like they do, totally. and it's such a great like brand fit for them as well because yeah. they're you know they're with their makeup artists all the time. So mm-hmm. it is it's a it's actually and I I have some of the Kylie Jenner range mm. now. But she doesn't look like a twenty-year-old girl. No. Well, I was gonna say one of uh, one of the girls in my WhatsApp group actually sent around a really funny meme there today, and it was a picture of all the Kardashians from a few years back, mm-hmm. right. and it was like, "You're not ugly, you're just poor." Yeah, I know. <laughs> it yeah. was like, okay, like yeah. it's quite a funny. <sighs> they look nothing like they did even five years ago and I mean nothing like that it did give me like a little bit of okay if I'm having an ugly day or whatever which we all do like they've drastically changed the way that they look drastically yeah and because of surgery sure there's no I mean no it's not makeup no No, moisturiser in the fridge in the world (laughs) but I I think like you know what about you know there's one thing that I would always say um, you know and even even in Glist as well like on the counter like when I see people coming in you know they want they're coming in for makeup Hmm. And a lot of the time, you know, yeah. they'll they'll come in and they're a bit like, oh God, my skin state of it, and or they're like, you know, they they they're actually f- not feeling great and they walk out and they feel amazing. Yeah. And it's kind of in those moments I realise that like what what I what we do is sell confidence. Yeah. We're yeah. not it's not just about products. It's not about, you know, this lipstick is gonna yeah. change the way you feel. It's not it's actually the relationship that you might have with your client yeah. and making them feel better. And I think that, you know, when people are, you know, if they feel like they have a nice outfit or if they have mm-hmm. their hair done or they have their makeup done, then they feel good. And that's what it's all about. And that's why I feel like sometimes when it's there's so much going on aesthetically, mm. I don't think a lot of the time those are the people potentially 
actually that might feel good. Again, it's never about shaming other women and stuff. But I mean, when I think about younger girls who are maybe yeah. looking at that, I suppose the the thing that maybe we could take from it is kind of try and find your own confidence. Yes. Don't strive to look like anybody else because, yeah. you know, well, we can't. Like I will never, exactly. I will never be 5'10", unfortunately. <laughs> I've tried everything. And, and I'll never it. be 5'5". Five five. <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and that's it. I think that's that's such a great message because it's, it's, it's about feeling good. It's mm. finding, mm-hmm. you know, being the best version of yourself. Yeah. And whether and that that's what it but it should come from within. Yeah, totally. So listen, I want to find out about what you guys have coming up in your respective careers. Before I let you go, though, it is time for our tweet of the week. So we like to tap into a cultural moment from Twitter. Right. So like I said, the last two weeks have been (coughs) low violent. Um, This week, it's Instagram TV because this happened last week. Yeah. And basically the Internet freaked out. So this is from John Spanos. And he tweeted, I had my TV set up all wrong this whole time. This is so much better. Hashtag IGTV. And I actually have to show you guys because otherwise. So is that his TV? That's his TV. His and he's turned it on its side. And I'm going to show the camera there as well. Because basically Instagram TV is all vertical filming as opposed to this kind of filming. So he's been a yes. smart arse. Yeah. But basically we all have to like change the way that we record now from this to this yeah so what do you guys think about Instagram TV but like I don't even know that much about it like I don't like (laughs) I just like heard about it like oh Instagram TV is like the new thing people are excited about it is it like stories just all in one that you can just watch as like you can watch it for it's gonna be you're gonna be able to watch it's I'd say it'll really like YouTube will it'll threaten YouTube <gasps> to bits because yeah. like as in if you're if you yeah so you can have it your channel the way you might have a YouTube channel yeah and, okay. and, and you instead of watching like um little mini videos mm-hmm. you're going to be able to watch like up to an hour it's up to oh an hour God. Yeah. So, like, so it's going to really challenge yeah. um, so like vloggers and all will probably well it's going to be essentially I think a platform for yeah IGTV yeah. video series yeah. so yeah. Instagram already has Instagram live where you yes. can go live and you can be live for as long as you want and then you can pop it up on your story and people can go back and watch that. But with Instagram TV, now this is me just trying to figure it out 10 minutes before this podcast and I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit but Instagram TV from now on you're going to be able to like film for an hour if you want and then post it up to your own channel so the creators are essentially being given another platform within Instagram as opposed to for example changing and t- and sending people to YouTube Instagram yeah. now wants you to send to them to stay yeah because if you think about yeah. it like a lot of YouTubers especially like vloggers like they all have they probably have a bigger following on Instagram than they do on their channels and see Instagram is so yeah, smart because you know? everybody is yeah. on Instagram Everyone. right now so as opposed to us like as a digital media company for example as opposed to us having like say a big following on Instagram yeah. putting things on our story and then going mm-hmm. and if you want to watch the full live episode of Girls With Goals head over to our YouTube channel no, no. Yeah. stay on stay Instagram yeah, people aren't really about clicking into external links though no. anymore they want to kind of just stay in the one place so it kind of makes sense and I find as well I don't with say with uh, makeup tutorials like there'd be people that I follow and that's exactly what happens is they'll they'll do like this like mini quick one and then they're yeah. like now going to YouTube and I'm like no yeah. I'm here but I'm obsessed with Instagram I'm on it all the time love it that's why yeah, I I lo- it's the most yeah. used platform I use but that's definitely. why I know it's amazing. so it's much about so you guys good. as well because I've been stalking you secretly for like <laughs> for quite a while love it but do you think that anybody's ever going to move away from Instagram the way they are with Snapchat because that's happening now oh yeah um, I think it'll take a real big 
bust up for Instagram like for Snapchat like they totally like screwed themselves with that update and then everyone was like nah we're not about it anymore but how easy is it for us to just go no thanks exactly I have about 17 notifications on my Snapchat I'm just not going on to it anymore I deleted my app did you yeah well I was running low on storage (laughs) had to update my iCloud (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I had to delete a few apps I currently only have about four you Louise are obviously like in the tech business now so do you see Instagram going anywhere anytime soon because I think they're just killing it and I actually think Hashtag IGTV is just going to further it. It's yeah, just totally. I think YouTube are going to feel it. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Ooh, mm. But like YouTube are still, like, they're still massive as well. They I are, mean, yeah. they'll have to do something. But I think that as soon as Instagram brought in the stories, that was that was the the beginning of the end of Snapchat because yeah. people were just like, you know, they're they're in this channel, they're doing this, and then they have to go on to Instagram and do the same thing. So slowly but surely, people just started migrating over. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that now that Instagram have brought out this, it's they're they're really smart they're keeping everybody together so in the one they're so clever you know? and it still so it still doesn't take away from because like obviously Instagram is owned by I, Facebook yes. and mm-hmm. Facebook um, yeah. yeah oh my god it makes so much Facebook sense. owns Instagram mm-hmm. because Zuckerberg is so smart that he was right. like okay Instagram yeah. is the place to be we need to own it and <laughs> so it's they so visual it. and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an amazing platform for people who are in beauty yeah. and like if anything like you like you like in music yeah. like it's, it's just it's I, I love it I think it's a brilliant platform exactly. but it's because of you have everything yeah. you've got it's and, and there's, not, there's not loads of text yeah. exactly like with Instagram TV Erica yeah. like you know the way you put up snippets of your gigs and yeah. stuff yeah. you'll be able to put up a full gig on your channel do you know oh what I mean oh my god because like my nana and all goes mad when she can't oh. come to a game. Yeah. She's like, oh, can you just like And the thing is, like, yeah. technically you can do that on YouTube now, but it's just that there's already millions of people that are just sitting there on Instagram scrolling waiting for it. Oh my god, it. she's gonna yeah. love that because yeah. she's such an Instagrammer now. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah, such an Instagrammer. You, she so loves she Instagram. Has a, she has an account and all? Oh my god, yeah, totally. That's amazing. She literally comments under like every single photo. My mom actually but has two Instagram well. accounts. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> so like so I'll put cute. up a photo or an Instagram story and she'll reply to my Instagram story and then she'll DM me as well but then she'll comment on my photo so it's, it's like so funny. full whack yeah so that's it's a funny thing because with saying that Snapchat is kind of on the way out like Facebook never will because Facebook owns mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook came up oh with like God. Facebook watch a while ago and they were doing the Facebook lives and stuff mm-hmm. but now I think Instagram is actually just going to totally smash it yeah. and yeah. take over yeah now I just need to figure out a way to put my phone in another room because I yes. go to bed on Instagram like yeah. I me too I it's really bad so do I I'm trying yeah. so Terrible. hard to not do yeah. it like at least like two hours before I go to bed and I'm like it's so hard I know so now my routine is like watch Love Island from 9 to 10 yeah. hop into yes. bed be on, yes. Instagram. on Instagram and now yeah. I know I'm going to be watching <laughs> IG I'm going to be watching IGTV I know for an oh hour before I go to bed I know. I need to read <laughs> I need to read as well I need to read audiobooks audiobooks I love listening yeah, because yeah, I love listening. Actually, as listen well. to podcasts. Listen yeah. to Girls with Goals. There's 37 episodes on Spotify now that you can all listen to. Boom! <laughs> oh my god, that just came out of nowhere. Plug, Did plug, you plug, see plug, that? Plug, plug. I think I actually blacked out for a second. I don't know where that came wow. from. I love it. Speaking of plugs, ladies, plugs. what is coming up next for you, Erica? How's your summer looking for gigs, and where can people go to get more information? Busy, busy, busy mm-hmm. summer. So I'm hitting up Body and Soul on Saturday. Ah! And then 7pm on Wanderlust Stage. Nice. Um, 
where else am I doing? Um, oh, I have a gig on the 29th in Teeling's Distillery. Oh, amazing. Um, Just around the corner. Nine or Nine is hosting it. Yeah, so Lovely. it'll be a great little gig. Brilliant. I'll be there with the DJ. The dancers can't come, unfortunately. Okay, but that's It'll just fine. be me and Tara. Give them a break. Yeah, and then who where else am I? Tara Stewart. Yes. She's on the podcast. My life. We love her. I we love her. Too. Big fans. I know. And you're doing Electric Picnic this year as well? Electric Picnic, Longitude. Amazing. Independence. And then, yeah, just loads of new music coming out. My EP, my debut EP. Um, it's called Leoness. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be out very, very soon. Leoness. Leoness. Tell us about that. Where did you? What's that? So I'm a Leo. Leo. Okay. Like a lioness, yeah. But Basically, oh. yeah. It's like a lioness, but I kind of I love that interpreted kind of. It's it's about kind of. So the EP is about my journey through whether it's relationships or just experience. Yeah. So I have five tracks on there. Nice. Um. So yeah, I don't want to spill too much tea. Don't don't give out too much tea. Yeah. But can you give us a date? I don't have a date. Yet. You don't have a date yet. Okay, no. but it's coming. But Leoness. It's, it's like in its final stages now. Amazing. It's gotten somewhere. So yeah, Leoness. That's exciting. Erica yeah. Cody, go follow her on Instagram. I'm sure there's going to be IGTV stuff coming okay. at you <laughs> very soon. I'm going to be starting it's my scared. channel soon. I don't know what I'm going to put on it, yeah. but it's going to be boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Louise Dunn, before we go, tell us what's the future for Glist? For Glist. Okay, so we huge, are. huge future. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, we're well, we're raising money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to open a funding round um, this year and I'm going to be raising money. And what we'll be doing is, so we're growing our network in London. So we have a network in Manchester. We've yeah. got a network in Dublin. Um, and then we're going to be growing it in London as well. So that's for the app. That's for the, when I say app, it's not like an app that you download. It's like an application. It's like a website. So gotcha. that's for, that's for the London network. And then after that, it's the States. We've got to, we've got to get into the States with Amazing. this as well. Yeah. And then in terms of like our, our shop, you know, hopefully there'll be more of those across the UK and Ireland. Totally. You know, so that's kind of, that's my goal for this year is to be able to, you know, get, get more funding to and be able Glist, to grow. And Glist is in Penny's in the pop-up store at the moment. Yes. So if you're heading to the festivals or anything, <laughs> yes, go on in and you can go. get some incredible looks. Yes. What yeah. are the biggest festival looks that you're getting requested? Okay, so we are, like this morning, we were flat out um, with like everybody wants what we have on our menu. It's called Double Dutch, which is boxer braids okay so it's like two boxer braids and, and we're talking about the glitter down the middle we're talking we? glitter down the middle or we're talking we add in hair as well yeah. so like say if you wanted a colour or something like you could get pink or blue or, or even just your own colour so we can add it in so we were doing a lot of that this weekend um, with the body and soul is on yeah. and then obviously next weekend as well as Pride so we oh, will be raging I'm not here glitter. for Pride yeah well you're going to be in New York so that's so a that's kind of cool I <laughs> yeah. know yeah, but raging yeah no I know Pride. I've missed Pride like three years in a row yeah it's incredible we did a Pride episode last week so we're yes, so excited for amazing. Pride so yeah I mean you can go in and get all those incredible yep. looks I mean I don't think that we should just keep those looks for festival no. times yeah. though no we get a lot of people coming in actually just getting the double dutch or getting a halo braid as yeah. well so, yeah. which is the, a braid that goes around the, the top of your mm-hmm. head so we do all different types of like up styles and makeup and everything but at the moment I think it's just because it's the season yeah. that's in it yeah. you know between we had Ed Sheeran we Taylor Swift we Forbidden 
forbidden fruit with everything kind of happening to get yeah. together so that was the, the kind of number one request was that people wanted to get like cool braids with colours and a bit yeah. of glitter or I used to even rock them the back side. in the day yeah. oh, I wish I had glitter in them now well, you come down and get glitter in glist glitter glitter and everything just makes yeah. it better so glist glist.com if you want to find out more information about that and put your moisturiser in the fridge it's going to help yes. us all through the heat wave this week I'm actually going to do that like the minute yeah. I that's get home that's such a good idea though. yeah I'm going to put it in the fridge I'm going to wait until Love Island comes yeah. on then I'm going to yeah. put it on my face okay that is all the time we have for this week thank you so much to my guests Erica Cody and Louise Dunn thank you to our spotlight interview this week Sinead Kane, Paul Donegan was on sound this week Fiona Delaney and Anya Leach were helping me out I'm Neve Marr and we will be back next week with a very special guest it's our ultimate bay but I can't tell you who it is but you'll have to listen and we will chat to you then Thank you.